now, time for seafood news. You're listening to the Seafood News Weekly Podcast. This episode of the Seafood News Podcast is brought to you by the Association of Genuine Alaska Pollock Producers Annual Wild Alaska Pollock Meeting, taking place at the Four Seasons Hotel in downtown Seattle on September 28, 2023. The Association of Genuine Alaska Pollock Producers, also known as GAP, is working to promote wild Alaska pollock in major whitefish markets around the world with a focus on Europe, North America, and Japan. Their goal is to educate both seafood buyers and consumers about the superior benefits of Wild Alaska Pollock. The theme of this year's Wild Alaska Pollock meeting is the people behind Wild Alaska Pollock, real stories about the fish and fishery that drive global demand. Attendees will get a first look at the new industry campaign, Pollock People, which gives a behind-the-scenes look at the lives and stories of those that live, love, and work in the industry. Plus, sit in on enlightening presentations and panels, including a sports marketing panel featuring the representatives from the Seattle Kraken, Seattle Sounders, Seattle Mariners, and the Dove Sea Fish Sticks. And watch celebrity chef Antonio Lafaso as she prepares a Wallace Pollock dish live on stage that you'll get to try for lunch. To register for the meeting, please visit alaskapollock.org. Don't miss out. I'm Seafood News Managing Editor Amanda Buckle. And I'm Erna Berry Seafood Market Reporter Lauren Castiglione. It's been a few weeks since we've last released a new episode. You can call it a bad case of the summers, but if our bosses are listening, it's because we were super busy with other super work. Busy. <laughs> we are hardworking mothers. <laughs> um, but like the fall uh, issue of the Reporter Magazine, that was we were just like cracking that, you know, cracking, cranking, cranking that cranking one out. out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's coming your way, people, and this is an issue you won't want to miss as it's AI focused with some great insight on technology that is changing the way the food business operates. So if you don't subscribe, and you should because it's free. Visit earnerberry.com slash reporter. Now, before we get to the news, I do want to circle back on our sponsors of this week's podcast, the Association of Genuine Alaska Pollock Producers, and their upcoming annual meeting, which Amanda will be attending as MC for the second year in a row. <laughs> the people, they love me. They do. And, drumroll, yeah. I maybe might be potentially will be attending as well. <laughs> <laughs> We're working on it. We're working on it. Um, so not only do you have the chance to network and gain some great insight from the amazing lineup of panelists and speakers, but you'll also have the chance to meet the dream team that is me and Amanda. Potentially. Potentially. We love making new seafood friends, and we love talking Wild Alaska Pollock. So let's actually kick things off by talking about Wild Alaska Pollock. Lauren, when we're in town, we're going to have to visit Lil Woody's. Sign me up. There, yeah, like I have to force you to, to go anywhere <laughs> yeah. to eat, um, especially on company dime. Right. <laughs> um, but they're a burger chain with five locations, and in August, they celebrated their own seafood month. So throughout the month, they featured a special seafood-themed burger each week. Um, week one was the Kari Kari Fried Chicken Sando with crab fat slaw. Week two was the Mari Pili Carrizo Burger. Uh, week three, they featured the Seabird Rockfish Katsu Sando. Week four was the MCH Singapore Black Pepper Shrimp Sandwich, and they ended the Seafood Month campaign with the Lil Woody's filet fish which features beer-battered Alaskan pollock, pickly tartar sauce, shredded lettuce, and American cheese on a Lil Woody's bun. If you had one of these sandwiches, please let us know. The pictures look insane. I would like a little tasting menu of all of those. I would take like little sliders. All of those sandos. Uh, all those. <laughs> I'm like, I really love the name sandos. Yeah. That's, not a, that's not a thing over here, but we're going to make it a thing. Um, the only bummer is that the Little Woody's Flayo Fish isn't a staple on their menu. It's only rolled out during National Seafood Month, 
Um, but seafoodies can still eat, enjoy a Ballard salmon burger year-round at Little Woody's. And for those that don't have Little Woody's near you, you can feast on some wild Alaska pollock at Long John Silver's. The seafood chain released their fall promotions, which includes their $6 fish basket, which features two pieces of wild-caught Alaska pollock prepared in the chain's signature batter and served with your choice of a side and two hush puppies. Also featured in this fall promotion is the $10 Shrimp Sea Shares deal, which allows diners to choose between 15 pieces of grilled shrimp, 15 pieces of batter-dipped shrimp, or a shareable serving of crispy breaded popcorn shrimp. I am all about this fall promotion, but usually when you see fall promotions, it's about like something like apple or pumpkin spice yeah. related. And I'm still waiting on pumpkin spice pollock. Right, maybe this is the year. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, people. Give, give, give Amanda what yeah. she wants. <laughs> um, but on to some non-mouth-watering news. Uh, there were a couple of big exits last week. Um, first, Highlander Food CEO Rod Heppenstall resigned. The announcement came just a couple of weeks after the North American processor and marketer released their financial results for Q2. Heppenstall first joined Highlander Foods in May 2018, uh, replacing Henry Damone, who had initially retired in 2015, but returned as interim CEO after the dismissal of Keith Decker from the CEO position. So Heppenstall is set to remain in his position with Highlander until January 2nd, 2024, and will collaborate with the company on a transition plan. Highlander has already launched an internal and external search for a new president and CEO. And it's been a few years of ups and downs for Heppenstall as he led the company through the pandemic. COVID-19 saw their customer base shift as restaurants closed and consumers began dining more at home. The results was increased demand at the retail side, which led the company to transfer some of its food service products into the retail channel. Heppenstall said in that 2020, it was a win-win as it puts excess product to good use while supporting consumer demand for bulk purchasing. But fast forward to 2023 and the company is seeing their profits hit by softer retail demand and higher inventory levels. In Highliner's latest financial report, Heppenstahl confirmed that the company once again delivered sales volume and dollar growth in the second quarter, but that high inventory levels, costs, and softer retail demand impacted profitability. And like we mentioned, Heppenstahl isn't the only CEO to recently step down. News broke last week that Stavis Seafood CEO David Lancaster is stepping down from his role as well. The company, which is owned by Profan Group, will now be under the leadership of Profan USA CEO Soren Dalsiger. Lancaster has over 30 years of experience in the seafood industry and is a longtime employee of Stavis Seafoods, having first worked for the company as a sales manager from 2003 to 2006. He later rejoined Stavis in 2020 as their senior vice president before being promoted to president in January of 2021. A year later, in January 2022, Lancaster was promoted to CEO. Now the company says that they are embracing an exciting future with a mutually agreed upon change in leadership. Profan Group said in a news release that our decision to appoint Soren Dalsiger as uh, Stavis CEO reflects our commitment to a seamless transition and our enthusiasm for the bright future ahead for Stavis Seafoods. We are grateful to David Lancaster for his valuable contributions and are confident that Soren's leadership will build upon our strong foundation, taking our company to new heights. Like Lancaster, Dalsiger has a long history in the seafood industry, working with Royal Greenland, Regal Springs, and San Francisco Fisheries. I uh, took a position of CEO of Profan USA this past February after serving as CEO of Royal Greenland US for the two years prior. And now he will be expanding his current role to assume leadership of Stavis. Continuing with new appointments, TGI Fridays has promoted Brandon Coleman the third to CEO. Coleman has served as the US president and global chief marketing officer for the past six months. 
He first joined TGA Fridays in October of 2022 as their Global Chief Marketing Officer and previously served as their Chief Marketing Officer at Dave & Buster's. Now in his new role as CEO, he'll be leading TGA Fridays into a transformative next phase, revitalizing the brand to position it as a growing market leader in the rapidly evolving food and hospitality industry. The next phase for TGI Fridays include bold new offerings like their new grilled and sauce lineup, which features a six ounce filet of sustainable uh, raised salmon with your choice of sauce um, from an apple barbecue butter and Nashville hot to spiked orange glaze made with Hennessy and Korean red chili. Yum. Mm. Um, also new is their line of crispy rice menu items. Uh, the restaurant chain launched the sushi delivery brand in select markets in 2021 via ghost kitchens and third-party delivery. But last year, the crispy rice brand was expanded to select Friday's locations for dine-in. So menu items include the original spicy tuna crispy rice, uh, which features grilled sushi rice with spicy tuna tartare garnished with serrano. Um, the salmon and yuzu crispy rice featuring grilled sushi rice with salmon yuzu mix garnished with serrano. And the brand also offers crisp, uh, California rolls, Cali crisp rolls, uh, which features panko fried shrimp, and spicy tuna crispy rolls. Hmm. I'm going to check out to see if my TGI Fridays has all this. Yeah. Sounds good. Some cool new things coming out of TGI Fridays, and I like it. Now, onto some real seafood news. The 3LNO Snow Crab Fishery in Newfoundland and Labrador officially closed on August 31st after multiple extensions were granted by the DFL. Extensions were granted this year due to harvesters staying on land for weeks over a price dispute. The Fish, Food, and Allied Workers and Association of Seafood Processors had failed to come to an agreement on pricing, resulting in the two parties having to submit their final price offer to the Standing Fish Price Setting Panel. The panel selected ASP's offer of $2.20 over FFAW's offer of $3.10. And while that decision should have resulted in harvesters hitting the water, FFAW members chose to protest instead, so it wasn't until mid-May that FFAW and ASP were able to come to an agreement to get the season started. That agreement included terms that the price for the season would not drop lower than $2.20, regardless of potential market drops. The agreement also included a term to allow the price to increase as the earner berry price increased. The DFL began announcing extensions for certain areas in June. For 3LNO, the latest extension was issued in early August, pushing the close date of this season to August 31st. We have preliminary landings data as of August 28th, which reveals that 95% of the 54,305 metric ton quota was caught. Since the first week of August, the price for snow crab in Newfoundland and Labrador has been $2.60, the highest all season. The price went up from $2.23 when Ernaberry's 5 to 8 ounce index reached 5.50. That price stayed in the final week of August. Arnaberry Mark reporter Jana Schreiber reported that the market for snow crab has been steady on 5 8 while full steady on 8s and 10s. Market participants report larger crab, 8 and 10 ounce and up. Volumes to be much slower this year as compared to previous years. Retail features or buying opportunities have remained active for snow crab throughout the summer, with features oscillating but mainly staying above the three-year average. In total, year-to-date retail features are the highest they have been in six years. The average retail price is 35% lower year-to-date than last year, and the next several months will be interesting to watch as market participants evaluate inventory positions going into the fourth quarter. And finally, the FDA has signed a Regulatory Partnership Agreement, or RPA, with Ecuador's Seafood Regulatory Authority. The RPA is the first of its kind. It's intended to strengthen food safety and shrimp that's intended for the U.S. market. Ecuador is the second largest exporter of shrimp into the U.S., with India taking the top spot. 
In 2022, the U.S. imported over 440 million pounds of shrimp from Ecuador. And year-to-date, Ecuador has shipped uh, nearly 226 million pounds of shrimp into the U.S. The FDA worked closely with the Vice Ministry of Aquaculture and Fisheries to reinforce food safety practices along the entire supply chain. And they assessed Ecuador's aquaculture and seafood safety system and their regulatory framework for shrimp, reviewing everything from illness outbreak responses to training and laboratory resources. Upon assessment, the FDA stated that they are confident that Ecuador has key components of the food safety oversight system for shrimp and shrimp products intended for export to the U.S. Now, through the RPA, the FDA and Vice Ministry of Aquaculture and Fisheries will collaborate with one another to share information on best practices and food safety policies, as well as regulatory approaches to address the safety of shrimp. The RPA will also ensure that there are prompt notifications and responses to illnesses, recalls, and outbreaks. While this is the first ever RPA with Ecuador, the FDA is also working on setting up an RPA with the other two largest shrimp exporters to the U.S., India and Indonesia. In 2022, India exported a total of about 670 million pounds of shrimp into the U.S. Last year, Indonesia exported uh, almost 370 million pounds of shrimp. And that does it for us. And that's a lot of shrimp. And that is a lot of shrimp. Uh, Thanks for listening. And we'll see you back here next week because summer is officially over. It's It's post-Labor Day. So we are back at school. And so I guess we'll be back at work in the office. (laughs) (laughs) Not like that we ever stopped. Never stopped. But the the fun continues into the fall with us. All right. Thanks for listening. See you next week.